Welcome to Social Minute, the podcast that looks at the social network minute by minute. Today we will be covering Minute 2, uh, which goes from 1 minute to 1 minute 59 on the clock. Uh, and in this scene, uh, we get some more conversation. Uh, as the, uh, the subject of the matter turns from uh, final clubs to people who go Final clubs again. We kind of get stuck on final clubs for the next couple of weeks. But it's a fact that I'm the seventh son. Well, in this particular minute, we get the words my friend Eduardo at the very, very end. Um, So we're kind of being introduced to Eduardo Saverin before we get introduced to Eduardo Saverin. And joining me to talk about today is Gina Radcliffe. Hello, Gina. Hello. I, I still have, after watching this and then rewatching this, these clips specifically for these episodes, I, I, I'm not entirely sure what a final club is. <laughs> I, I did not, I did not go to an Ivy League school. I, I, I assume it's like the National Honor Society, but kind of, you know, even even bigger than that, I have no clue what a final club is. Uh, I think they are. They used to be. Uh, they used to be just clubs for people who were in the final year of. Of university, uh, or I believe, as you call it over there, college, um, <laughs> and uh, and you are correct. They do only really exist at um, you know at, at, at kind of um, at, at like at Ivy Leagues, but in particular, you know, like Harvard has for some reason like a number of them. Um, you know, uh, apparently, like the oldest is uh, the. <laughs> this is such as all of these things have silly names, uh, but this Spee Club is the oldest that was established in 1852, um, and then there's a there's some like the the Oak Club and uh, the Port you know, the Porcel the, the Porcelian, which I actually have heard of. Yeah, uh, there's the Porcelian, there's the Fly, uh, there's the AD. Um, and then there's a few that are just basically, uh, you know, der- derived from frat clubs like the Delta Kappa and Sigma Alpha, um, and then also the Fox Club. Uh, the Porcelian was actually founded in 1791, which is kind of insane, because, <laughs> because I don't think that the United States is much older than that. Um, so obviously, you know, there's a, a bit of a setup for a joke later on about that, the kind of the, the, the age of the country. Um, but yeah, and also the Owl Club as well. There's, these are the various members. Um but yeah, like I think up until like uh, there was kind of a bit of a controversy in like um, 2015 because you know obviously the you know the clubs were more well known after 2010, um, and you know, the kind of the the, the for, for a start most of these were male only, um, and uh, you know the I think like the fly owns uh, Hasty Pudding, which is obviously you know the the well known kind of like Harvard. Um, kind of theatrical um kind of club that's there uh, and then you know some of them were the originators of stuff like the crimson and the harvard lampoon um you know so i don't know it, i guess they're just they're not they're not kind of like frat clubs but i guess that's kind of what they were when they started but they just didn't have greek letters for some reason they just had all these weird names it's also a good it's it's a it's another clever um foreshadowing to uh to his to marks uh who marks the ultimate rivals will be because as as is mentioning uh you know guys who wrote crew because uh i just i just looked up Porcelian club and among the notable members are the winklevoss twins who we will uh <laughs> who we will we will meet later we we get well we get a double setup for them because you know, at, at the end of the last minute, you know, Mark had answered about the fact that he got 1,600 on the SSATs. 
And Erica's like, have you ever tried? And obviously the question he's answering is, have you ever tried to get into a finals club? Whereas she's actually asking, have you ever tried to row crew? And, you know, he's, you know, when, when, when she goes to row crew, he's like, no, no, to get into a final club. He's like, I like the kind of to row crew. No, are you like, whatever, delusional? Like his kind of reading that line of like, it kind of makes sense. Um, and Erica then kind of says what I'm sure everyone in the audience is thinking kind of like a minute into this film, uh, which is, you know, you say two things at once and I'm not sure which one I'm meant to be aiming at, uh, which is, I don't know, I think is such a kind of a good kind of way to frame how these conversations take place in this first scene, you know, and obviously, you know, Mark says, have you seen the guys who row crew? Um, and he's like, you know, they're bigger than me. They're world class athletes. <laughs> and it's like. And then I get, I don't know, this is probably one of the weirder lines that's in the script that just feels like something that's very much kind of like Sorkin, where, you know, he says, you know, a second ago you said you like guys who row crew, so I assumed you'd met one. And of course, Erica's like, you know, I guess I meant, I like the idea of it, the way a girl likes cowboys. And that is, like, that line always kind of sticks with me because it's like such a weird line, because it's like, I, I'm not quite sure what you're trying to say there, but I guess just this kind of romantic ideal of like, you know, I, I guess may, I mean, maybe it explains why country music is still super popular these days is that, you know, people like cowboys. Um, and, you know, I, I like as well how Mark's reaction to that is just kind of like he takes a beat and he's like, OK, and it's just like, I, I don't know. I just I kind of like his kind of puzzlement over that line. Uh, I don't know that that's Sorkin being self-aware or anything, but it is a really weird line to kind of throw in there. <laughs> It's, it's just you know the kind of uh, ideal stereotypical manly man activity. You 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 broke crew, and I'm sure that 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 Mark would look down on that kind of thing. Even though just because you broke crew doesn't mean you're stupid. And 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 you know, if you're going to Harvard, you're probably not stupid. And I, and I think that he that's something that the the, the character you know, if you were going to kind of elaborate on his own personal beliefs i mean it's not a stretch to think that you know uh, you know people who are are you know more inclined to to focus on computers and science are are going to by default look down on people who who focus on athletics even though they're all going to the same college and are presumably on the same level intellectually wise but there's there's an automatic you know presumption that those people are a little less smarter than you and and you know I, I think that he's probably a little disappointed that she would express a a you know <laughs> stereotypical you know female interest in in the you know you know, sh strong manly stereotype you know I, I think that he's probably thinking oh i i thought she was different and you know she might be but you know you like what you like and and doesn't it doesn't mean that that's really what you're interested in it's just she's making an observation yeah i i guess there is a little bit of that in that like you know first of all she doesn't seem to understand that he's not the right you know athletic size to row crew but also that she then also is attracted to that which you know immediately kind of undermines i don't think he, i don't even know i don't even know she even that she even that that's even what she means i, I think she's she's you know he he accuses her of, of being oblique and all I, I don't think she necessarily says well i'm talking about myself you know she's she's just making off that this is something this is a type that women like but he say yeah. he takes that to mean this is what i like i guess it's because he comes straight after he said well they're bigger than me yeah so like 
again, obviously, you know, this this particular version of Mark Zuckerberg immediately turns the conversation to himself, no matter what the subject is. Um, so I can kind of see his disappointment and kind of puzzlement as being like, OK, like, I, you know, I, I guess this is the first of many clues that this relationship is uh, not going to last. Uh, I don't know, the end of this conversation, probably, no, no. <laughs> um, you know, so. Uh, yeah, and then of course Erica tells us, you know, since the beginning of this conversation about finals club, and I, you know, it's nice that she kind of, I don't know if she's doing that to kind of, uh, I don't know, needle him. I don't know if it's deliberate or if it's just a meant, you know, meant to make her look like she's not paying attention. Because the thing is, of course, in the previous minute, she was the one who brought up you could try to get into a final club. So now that she's saying finals club, to, I don't know. Uh, Rooney Mara doesn't kind of play it either way, really. It's not something you can kind of read into it, but I'd like to think that she's deliberately putting that S in there just to kind of... Yeah, yeah, uh, she's definitely know, she's definitely messing with him. And, and I, yeah. I think that he's, you know, again, also insulted by that, that, that you know, she's you know, not impressed with his intellect and, and cowed by his, you know, his later offer to, you know, take her around and meet the right people if he gets into these clubs. She, she's just sort of like, you know, I don't need you to do that for me yeah, and he's and he's just taken aback by that although of course you know she she does say to him i feel like i may have missed a birthday which is a one you know again that is a, a that's a complete sorkinism of, of of saying you know like it, you've been talking for quite a long time it's just to say i think i may yeah have that's a great a line um and then you know this is when she go, go goes back to the first line that we heard which is there are really more people in china with genius iqs and of course she gets cut off by mark saying the phoenix is the most diverse and that line in itself of course it you know it kind of when you're watching it the first time it kind of passes you by but once you know you know who is going to get punched by the phoenix then obviously it makes more sense that you know mark points that out here um and also, when you know, you know, by the time we get, I don't know, I think it's like 10 or 15 minutes into this film, 12 minutes, by the time you figure out that this is actually a flashback and this is actually testimony that's being read, um, you know, from a from a, a deposition, the idea that, that, that Erica being deposed would say, oh, yeah, and then Mark said the Phoenix is the most diverse, it feels like she's setting him up for something. Um, you know, in particular, you know, I, I don't know if she's spoken to Eduardo, you know, or what the thing is, but obviously once you know how what this opening film of the film is actually about, uh, it does make you start to question some of the lines because, you know, everything is effectively from Erica's point of view. Um, although obviously, you know, as a viewer, you don't realize that until a few minutes in. Um, but yeah, so kind of he put, he points that out and then he talks about, you know, the fly club and then he says, you know, Roosevelt punched the pork. Um, and of course, uh, I, again, we get this kind of the, the kind of which one is she aiming at when Erica says which one. And then, of course, he says the porcelain, the pork. And of course, she's like, which Roosevelt? And then I just I love I love that exchange because the which one could be kind of like, you know, which finals club are you talking about? But but at the same time, it's like which Roosevelt are you talking about? So it's like, you know, which one of these things are you talking about, Mark? You have to kind of give us a clue. Um, but then, of course, you know, he says Theodore. Um, and then we get, again, Erica setting up some stuff later on. Is it true they send a bus around, you know, to pick up girls? Uh, and then she mentions, of course, to party with the next Fed chairman, which uh, is a very kind of roundabout <laughs> reference to uh, Larry Summers, uh, who obviously will appear later on in the film. Um, you know, which I, th I think is kind of interesting. Like, you know, I don't know. It's, it's funny to me because obviously you know, knowing what the kind of party bus scenes are like, 
it's interesting to think that one of those guys wearing like a backwards baseball cap and a blazer is going to be a Fed chairman one day. Like, that's the kind of contrast it sets up in my mind is it's like, really? Those like this is and I, I, I don't know, I guess maybe it's just kind of I've, you know, obviously I never went to Harvard myself. Um, but like the idea of these are the elites is that a bunch of kids getting drunk and playing strip poker, you know, in in the Phoenix. And, you know, and I, and I, I mean, you know, obviously we've said that Mark is kind of humorless, but then when he says so, you can see why it's important to get in. I can't, I, I kind of love Jesse Eisenberg's delivery of that line because it's the most deadpan delivery of a joke. Like in the film, possibly. Oh yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. He's obviously joking. You know, there's a party bus with tons of girls. You know, who who've been br- kind of bust in to kind of party with these people, and that's he's like, yeah. So you know, obviously that's why I want to get in there. You know, clearly that would be the last reason why he'd want to be in you know a fine a final club. But I I don't know I just kind of I kind of like the again it feels as well that Erica kind of misses the joke a little bit, but then you know Mark has missed all of her jokes up until this point. So, um, but she kind of. You know, it, she kind of changes the subject straight away, which is the easiest to get into. And of course, this is where we get, we get a nerve struck, which won't pay off until the next minute, because this minute finishes with Mark, you know, saying, you know, none of them. That's the point. And then, of course, he says, my friend Eduardo. And that's where the minute kind of finishes. You know, we'll find out more about Eduardo. But I don't know. I love everything that's been set up in here because we have, you know, the Phoenix is the most diverse. We have the party bus, which is being sent around to the, the various final clubs. And, you know, we have the guys who row crew like everything. Everything in this minute is is so kind of exquisitely timed, um, you know, like it's literally here is here is set up for four or five different things that are going to happen in this film. Um, and I just kind of love that. Um, and also, you know, yeah. the scene is, you know, this is this is just two people talking backwards and forwards. Um, but the kind of the, the the way that the editing is done by you know Angus Wall and Kirk Baxter, it's kind of perfect because it's not just you know we have a lot of kind of two shots, but I think as the conversation goes on, we start to get and this is something that David Fincher has always done in his films, which is you never get a close up unless it's for a reason, and so each time we have like the you know we start out with the two shot at the beginning. And that is two people who are, you know, kind of, I guess, a little bit more comfortable than they will be by the end of this conversation. <laughs> and then as we get to the close-ups, <laughs> the close-ups show kind of how, I would say, how kind of blank Mark Zuckerberg is <laughs> and how uncomfortable Erica Albright is getting. So each, like, we start to get here some of the kind of close-ups and the way that they're cut, it, you're, you, you gradually start to get a little bit closer with each one, not by a huge amount, but just enough so you notice that, you know, the the final kind of shot of Erica is her kind of leaning in, like right into the camera in a close up, and we're kind of building to that, like through the kind of editing in this scene. It's just like we're going backwards and forwards, and we're getting just a little bit more of kind of like the body language and you know, kind of the the kind of uncomfortable conversation. I'd say at this point it's not too uncomfortable because there's still you know there's still some jokes from the two characters. Uh, but as this scene goes on, you know, obviously the mood changes very quickly. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, you know, but I just I just kind of love how uh, this scene, although it is, you know, kind of exposition is the one thing that I think a lot of people, particularly film critics who have YouTube channels, like to kind of rag on when it comes to films. But exposition is necessary, you know. And and it's done. This is done very uh, um, organically. It, it it you know it's it's uh, you know, the way that they're talking and the way it, it sounds natural and conversational. It doesn't sound like they're just kind of forcing information in. It it, it flows like an actual like an actual conversation. Actual human beings yeah. would have. And also the fact that you know that, that kind of little witch Roosevelt thing, like. 
rather than Mark just saying, you know, the the you know that uh, the Porcelian is the best because you know Teddy Roosevelt was punched. Like instead of him just giving that blank information, he just says Roosevelt punched the pork. And then he expands on the pork part, and then he's asked about the Theodore part, you know, like, so, like, he's he's still giving information when he talks about, when he replies to it, but he's giving her the wrong information, and, uh, you know, I know people are very critical of some of the stuff that Sorkin has done, let's say, in the last decade, um, but I think this script is still, like, really kind of tightly engineered, and, you know, everything is kind of driving forward the plot uh, while we're still getting to know these two characters, um, and also kind of the, the joke of, you know, you can see why it's so important to get in. I think that says everything about Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> like, his sense of humour is just like, <laughs> yeah, of course, there are attractive women who are going to be busted in on a party bus. That's why I need to get into the club. Like, he's doing it in kind of the most blank kind of, you know, if this was in a sitcom, there would be like a laugh line. Like, people would laugh at that because it's like, yeah, you know, it's clear he's joking. But he's playing it so kind of blankly that you kind of don't know. And for a second, you have to think... It does like does he really like is that really the reason <laughs> like it gives you kind of put, but the thing is because this conversation is moving so quickly we don't even get a chance to think about that <laughs> so um you know i don't know i just i really i really enjoy kind of the the gradual setups and also you know we do finish with just the words my friend eduardo but obviously we'll get to know a lot more about him um, and i find it interesting that obviously you know the two kind of um plaintiffs that will you know, take up against Mark Zuckerberg, you know, once this film gets going and we get into the kind of court stuff, um, you know, they've already been effectively by, by the second minute, <laughs> they've both been named effectively. Um, although obviously he hasn't named the twins yet, but he's, he's described them, you know, they're bigger than him. Um, you know, like, so he's, he's kind of said everything, you know, they're physically intimidating. Like he's basically given away everything about, you know, the, the Winklevoss twins. And then also he's now about to kind of set up for, you know, um, Eduardo. Um, but, you know, we can talk about a lot more about that tomorrow. Uh, is there anything else that you wish to say about this minute? Uh, no, like I said, I just, yeah, I said this in the, the, uh, the previous episode. I just, I just love how you can see this date just slowly but surely going off the rails. It's, it's just, it's, it's uncomfortable. It's funny. It's relatable. You just, you know, everybody has that one, you know, story where they're on a date with someone and then it just clicks. It's like, oh yeah, this is not working out. This is, this is just, this is just not happening. We're not, we're talking past each other. You know, we're kind of, you know, we're not really, you know, you know, he's having one conversation, I'm having another one, and we're not interested in overlapping them. It's just, it's so, it's so well done. I mean, he's having three conversations and she's not even having any conversations. I think that's the main problem, isn't it, at this point? Yeah, and I don't think he's necessarily trying to, you know, trap her or make her feel stupid. I mean, I think this is just the way he... That's this is the way he communicates with people. He just has like, you know, he has a bunch of you know balls he's juggling in the air at the same time, and you know maybe doesn't understand why that's not how you talk to people. You, you don't you don't you don't maintain a conversation with another person by trying to juggle you know, three different lines of conversation at once. That's just not that's not how you do it. Yeah, and I like as well that you know Erica attempts to get an answer to the question about China. By that point, Mark's already moved on, you know, <laughs> like she's trying to get an answer yeah, from he a, drops, a minute he, ago. He, yeah. 
he drops these little, you know, you know, breadcrumbs to follow, but then doesn't, he, then after a certain, you know, even after the person picks it up, he's not interested in talking about it anymore. He's already moved on, which is, you know, it's, that's a failing on, on his part. It's, you know, he probably looks at it in terms of, oh, people just can't keep up with me. But no, it's, you know, you're not supposed to, conversation is not a, a, it's not a game of having someone keep up with you. You have to maintain it in, in, you know, with an even manner with the other person. So it's just funny to see. This is how I assume Aaron Sorkin talks to people. <laughs> I think that he thinks, you know, I, I think that, you know, right or wrong, however, he, he perceives it. I think that this is probably how he communicates with people. He's got, you know, subjects going off in all directions. And, you know, while the person he's talking to is struggling to figure out which one he wants to, you know, he, he wants to carry, you know, pick up with, and then by the time they pick it up with, he's already off on some other tangent. Uh, well, the question that I'm asking people on Tuesdays as this uh, podcast progresses is, when did you join Facebook? Can you recall when you joined Facebook? Or I do. It was uh, December of 2008. Um, I so apparently I was a, a little on the not to to be fair. I was like you know kind of on the older end. This was still kind of when it was. It, you know, more college age people. And then after, I don't remember exactly when it was opened up for just anybody could sign up for it. You did not have to be, you did not have to be going to a, a school. Um, I sort of felt like I, 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 I was on live journal and I, I regret, I should have, I should have picked a minute sooner, a minute later, because it goes into a little bit about him being on live journal, which was a, a, a big, uh, a big presence in my life about maybe, about 15 20 years ago and but that started kind of dying out and people were moving on to either myspace which myspace was probably the first social network that i tried to join and i could not figure out in the slightest like the it, it was just it was like looking at a uh, it was like looking at stereo instructions i i couldn't figure out how to interact with people it was so daunting and so you know geared towards you know much younger people and i was just like well this is not for me and then other people started talking about facebook and the interesting thing about facebook is you to a certain up until a certain point you could not see what a person's facebook page looked like unless you were you had an account yourself now of course you have public accounts it's it's easier to get an idea of what it you know what it's about what it looks like i i was just like well i'll make an account i'll i'll you know, I'll look around, you know, I'll figure out if it's not for me. I'll figure out if it's easy to use. And then like, I was just sucked into it almost immediately. And, and I just kind of, it's a, it's been a minor to moderate addiction for me ever since it's terrible. And I hate, I hate admitting it, but I have to, you know, the, the, you know, the first thing in, in getting help for an addiction is admitting you have a problem. And I admit I have a problem with Facebook, but yeah, it's uh, see, so yeah, it's been over 10 years for me now. Uh, well, it was ma it was actually made available to the public f uh, on the twenty sixth of September two thousand six. So late okay. late two thousand eight, you were still a fairly early adopter, uh, and it's interesting because uh, apparently at some point in uh, in two thousand ten, um, uh, Facebook paid uh, eight point five million uh, to buy the domain name fb.com, which apparently had been owned by the American Farm Bureau Federation, um, at that particular point. <laughs> uh, so they got 8.5 million just so they could give up fb.com. Uh, and if you type in fb.com, it does take you straight to Facebook. 
so probably the most expensive redirect ever purchased uh, on the internet. Probably, I would say, at that point. Well, I think we've covered minute two, so uh, let's go to the plugs. Is there anything that you wish to plug in? I am the co-host of the Kill by Kill podcast, in which we talk about horror movies according to the characters and the strange little background details. Uh, I also write for uh, The Spool, which is a uh, pop culture movie and television website, and I have my own website, which is GinaRadcliffe.com. And you can find us on MySpace at MySpace.com slash The Social Minutes, or on Twitter at social underscore minutes and of course on Facebook at the social minute podcast thanks for joining me today Gina thank you and otherwise I will see you tomorrow it's quite possible that I'm your third man but it's a fact that I'm the son of son Stick around.